G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Vision Christian Radio is all about connecting faith to life. From inspiring stories about the struggles we all face, to helping you understand the issues going on in the world, to clear and understandable Bible teaching, all peppered with great Christian music, the latest news, and even a few laughs along the way. You're about to experience just a small part of what we do. For the full experience, tune into a Vision Christian Radio FM or AM station near you. Listen online at visionradio.org.au or download our free app. Well, in the heat of the marriage debates, one figure who has become one of the most controversial advocates for marriage is the Tasmanian Catholic Archbishop Julian Porteous. And in many circles, the Archbishop has become a champion of the Christian position on marriage. When church leaders speak up for biblical values, they can be on the receiving end of widespread criticisms and even aggressive challenges from opponents. Well, last year, Archbishop Porteous released a booklet on marriage for Catholic schools in Tasmania. It's called Don't Mess With Marriage. Well, there's been significant controversy over that booklet and it's come under attack from the homosexual lobby because it promotes the idea of marriage between one man and one woman. Well, a special welcome today to Archbishop Julian Porteous. Uh, Archbishop, welcome along to 2020. Neil, thank you very much. Very pleased to be with you. Archbishop, the Catholic Church is by no means silent when it comes to the marriage debate. How do you, in a, in a nutshell, I guess, outline the Catholic Church's position on marriage? Uh, yes, because uh, this issue has become such a um, critical uh, issue for, for debate in, in our society, it's very important, obviously, that there be a, a Christian voice to present uh, a Christian understanding of, of this very important issue of the nature of marriage. Uh, what the uh, the Catholic Church would would say would be very much in line um, with uh, most other Christian churches across the world, I'm sure, and and indeed with many other um, of the mainstream religions. That um, people always believe that um, marriage, just simply according to nature, is is meant to be between a man and a woman. Um, as Christians, of course, we, we take particularly uh, our inspiration from the, the scriptures and, and very clearly uh, the Lord's own teaching about, about marriage. And, of course, when he spoke about marriage, he referred back to the book of Genesis. And there in the first chapters of the book of Genesis is very clearly articulated an understanding that marriage is between a man and a woman. And, and so the church has um, simply wanted to present this teaching and, and present it uh, as clearly as possible to inform people um, in, in this debate which is now taking place across our, our country. Well, Archbishop, of course, a marriage plebiscite, perhaps later this year, could be early next year, depending on how uh, the election pans out. But in the lead up to the plebiscite, of course, the challenge 
for all Christians to hold firm on the marriage definition, uh, one man, one woman. Uh, do you have a, a particular challenge for Christian believers to, to not get swayed either way, to not uh, get uh, buffeted around by the winds of change and to hold firm? Oh, I, I certainly think that uh, this is a... It's a very complicated issue because there has been such a strong and effective lobby pressing for a change in the definition of marriage. They have been very well organised, have been very smart, very clever in their messaging and their sloganeering, have also tended to adopt the attitude of, um, of severe criticism for anyone who would dare challenge uh, from an alternative position. And, and I think, sadly, I think a lot of Christians have felt somewhat um, even cowered by, uh, by pressure being applied to them and by claim of being homophobic or bigoted or, or so on, that uh, Christians have often felt that they um, uh, have been forced into silence. And I, I, I think that's, uh, that's not a good thing, particularly if we're going to want to have a respectful, a decent, but a very clear and, and probably robust debate in our society about the nature of marriage. So uh, Christians, I think, um, need to um, have more confidence, firstly, that uh, what we believe is, in fact, uh, is, is the truth about the nature of marriage and for the good of society that we do need to present this uh, clearly in any debate that may uh, be associated with the, the coming plebiscite. Uh, of course, if I could say there's one issue that we do need to keep in mind, that the plebiscite is not um, absolutely uh, guaranteed because um, the, the Labor Party have said that if they are elected in the forthcoming election, then they will introduce it in Parliament and that the Labor Party have already bound all its members to, um, to vote in favour of a change in the definition of marriage. So there is a preliminary stage, and that is the forthcoming election, as to whether the Labour Party or the Liberal um, and National Coalition win the election. If the Liberal Nationals win the election, election excuse me, then, then there will be a plebiscite. It puts church leaders in a difficult position, doesn't it, when you recognise that if uh, Labor wins the next election, uh, within the 100 days there'll be uh, legislation for same-sex marriage. It puts uh, Christian leaders in a difficult position because typically Christian leaders tend not to be partisan when it comes to elections. But it is a reality, isn't it, that if the coalition doesn't win the next election, uh, then it'll be a foregone conclusion there'll be same-sex marriage in Australia. That's true. I, I think while we don't want to be um, partisan in, in, in um, supporting one, one party or another in elections, I think it's good for us to be stand back from party politics, I do believe it's important for Christians to indicate to their, um, to their candidates that this for them is a very important issue. And I would encourage all Christians to, in the lead up to the election, to actually question their, their candidates as to their stand on marriage. Now, maybe some of them have already made a decision to go with the, um, with the, the, the lobby that's pressing for change. But if they know that sufficient numbers of their constituents do consider this an important issue and are um, 
not in favour of a change in the definition, it may well cause them at least to not, not be so determined that this is the way things should go. So I think it's very important that all Christians engage with their local candidates and put this question to them. Where do you stand on this matter? For me, this is a very important issue and I need to know what, which way you would vote or what your personal views on this matter are. So I think that's one thing I would encourage all um, Christians to do, to speak to their local candidates and let them know that for them as Christians, this is a very important issue. Interesting when we talk about Christians taking action because what we're talking about is uh, is being, in some respect, an activist, uh, not just sitting back and letting someone else uh, make their uh, their point. Uh, and some people are uncomfortable with uh, marching on the streets and waving placards, but we can all make that telephone call to our local member. We can all send an email. We can all sign a petition. Those are the sorts of things, I guess, uh, you're encouraging Christian believers to do and not just be complacent and leaving it to someone else. No, exactly. I, I think um, many, many Christians are deeply concerned uh, about... Um, this push to change the definition of marriage and all the possible implications that can flow from it. And I I think only now we're beginning to understand that there are so many more implications that weren't immediately obvious. Sometimes people say, well, look, if they want to... They want to have their relationships accepted as marriage. Maybe we should do it out of out of kindness or consideration to their requests. But there are so many other implications, and I think as people have become more aware of this, they say, "No, this this is not going to be good. Not going to be good for the well-being of family life in Australia. Not going to be good for the well-being of children in our nation, and not going to be good generally for the um, for the quality of of life in our society." So. We take this stand not just on biblical principles, but we we take a stand because we're really concerned about the well-being of our society and we don't believe that this is going to be a good thing for our society. Archbishop, while I have you on the line, on some other related issues to the marriage debate and, of course, talking about the plebiscite beyond the next election sometime, Uh, Some are saying that what will change, one of the things that would change if there was a change to legislation, a change to the definition, a deconstruction of marriage, uh, would be the way that children are taught at school about issues like human relationships and sexuality. And, of course, the Safe Schools Coalition program, which has been uh, so much dominating headlines of recent times, uh, it presents uh, all, all sorts of dangers. I wonder whether you have your own thoughts on the dangers of programs like that Safe Schools Coalition program? Yes, I I think, uh, as you know, uh, a number of church leaders, and particularly the Catholic Church, again, has spoken very clearly while we recognise the importance of having programs to prevent bullying. The the other matter, very evidently, looking closely at the material from the uh, Safe Schools Coalition, is that it goes far beyond bullying. In fact, it hardly has any reference to bullying. It really is about uh, putting through an ideological agenda uh, with regard to the notions of, of gender and, 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 uh, and sexuality. Um, I think one of the, the areas of concern particularly is that um, parents have always been considered to be the first educators of their children and have an inherent right 
to, um, to oversee the education of their children. One of the worries about this is that, um, in fact, the, 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 the literature itself uh, very deliberately wants to, um, to stop parents having any influence over what their children receive in the school. So when it's, as in one state in particular, it's been mandated for the schools in that state, um, there is even now pressure on parents not being allowed to withdraw their children from the program. So this is a very dangerous precedent because it's now saying that the state will determine what the children learn about sexuality, about gender, and, and about um, marriage and family for that matter. Um, and for, for Christian parents, of course, this is a, a very serious thing because the, they would have, as Christian parents, a very clear ideas about what they want their children to learn and understand. So this issue is um, one of great concern, and not only in terms of the content of the material, but also the denial of the right of parents to be able to um, have the ultimate say in what their children learn on these very, um, very difficult, very complex um, issues around sexuality and, and gender. Now, the very controversial booklet uh, that you released last year, Don't Mess With Marriage, mm. initially uh, distributed throughout Tasmania, and as I understand it now, the booklet's been distributed right around uh, Catholic schools uh, throughout the nation. Uh, what sort of message is contained in that booklet, Don't Mess With Marriage? Uh, probably say two things. Firstly, it was it was a um, a document produced by the Australian Catholic bishops. We, it actually had been prepared a couple of years back when we were aware that that um, the issue of um, of changing the definition of marriage was going to at some stage reach a critical moment in um, in our society. Now there was a, a move uh, and it looked like there was a possibility of a parliamentary debate, which was called forth by uh, Mr. Shorten, and we, and we thought that um, there's likely to be a debate now, as it turned out there wasn't. But that became um, if, like the, um, the moment where we felt that this document should be produced. Now, it was left to each bishop to, um, to decide what he wanted to do with it, but it was, it was available as a statement of the Australian Catholic bishops with regard to, um, to the, the meaning and understanding of marriage. Um, a number of dioceses, including my, uh, our diocese here in uh, in Hobart, did um, produce copies of the book, which we distributed to um, all the parishes across uh, Tasmania. We produced it for our various agencies, our, our uh, social service agencies, and so on. And we also distributed it to all the families of children attending our Catholic schools. It was done so to provide parents uh, in the schools with an understanding of the church's teaching. The very beginning of the document did spend some time saying that, um, that our, our, our Christian approach to, to people who experience same-sex attraction is to say we, we treat them as human beings with, with respect uh, and, and, and compassion and understanding. This was in no way intended to be an attack upon them personally, but it was rather to, to present uh, an explanation of the church's understanding about the nature of marriage. Um, and so the, the document, uh, I think, was a balanced document. It was solidly grounded in scripture, scriptural teaching and in the tradition, traditional teaching of the church. 
Um, but as I said, it contained very clearly expressed uh, a, uh, an, uh, the fact that we do respect those who may find themselves uh, attracted to somebody of the same sex. And for listeners who'd like to be able to look at that document, don't mess with marriage, I suspect they'd be able to either contact their local Catholic church or a local Catholic school. I think it's also downloadable on the internet. That's correct. Um, There would be copies available in various dioceses around Australia and and particularly in parishes. Um, But probably the easiest way to to, uh, get in contact with it today would be through the Australian Catholic Bishops Conference website. Um, I think if you if you went to that website, Australian Catholic Bishops, um, then you could find your way to where the document is posted on the website, along with other other documents that we produce. They're all placed up there for, um, for people to be able to access. So you could it could be obtained. That's probably the easiest way to obtain it would be through the website of the Australian Catholic Bishops. Well, Tasmanian Catholic Archbishop Julian Porteous, just great getting your insights into marriage and from the Catholic Church perspective in particular, but as I think listeners will all appreciate, uh, these are the sorts of perspectives that are coming from Christian churches no matter what flavour. And uh, so, uh, Archbishop Porteous, uh, just great getting your insights today and I want to thank you so much for being with us on 2020. It's a pleasure. Pleasure, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.